0: To the Mike On Much Podcast. I'm your host Mike Veerman and I am here with my friend and trusted producer Max Kerman. Unfortunately, as we record this, we are not here with our pop culture aficionado. And we will get to why in one second, because today on the show, we got a lot going on. We have Hayden Christensen, who you know as Anakin Skywalker, most likely, from the Star Wars movies, but he's also been in so many other interesting movies. Shattered Glass. Shattered Glass, Life is a House, Jumper. I enjoyed talking with Hayden. It It was cool to meet him and have a conversation with him. And I think you guys will enjoy that conversation, which we will get to in a bit. He's got a movie coming out August 24th called Little Italy, if you want to check that out, with Emma Roberts, Danny Aiello, Alyssa Milano, shot right here in downtown toronto also on the show max is going to talk about how he hosted his favorite podcast he sat in they had him as a guest host on the gist with mike pesca you just you took over
1: yeah pesca's on vacation and i got the call we're going to talk about that also
0: i had a saturday night out with my dad in hamilton ontario uh i'll talk about that because it was a good night with my dad who we uh, we affectionately refer to as roy boy roy boy and unfortunately one thing we don't have in this opening is shane christian cunningham our beloved pop culture aficionado Shane is uh, not happy that he's not here right now. Well, Max, let the people know why you've deprived them of Shane.
1: Because we realized, uh, we were looking at the calendar uh, of this week. Tonight was the only time we could do an open with me involved. Because tomorrow, the Arkells are practicing. The next day, Arkells have a photo shoot. And it conflicts with Shane's dessert antics. And Shane had already gone back to Hamilton tonight. We're
0: recording this at like 9 o'clock at night in Dan Hamilton's place. Yeah we're just we're winging it at this point but yeah. shane had already left yeah. he's he's upset that yeah this, this is how the eagles broke up man i know
1: we got to keep it together sorry i apologize to shane apologize to the listeners yeah no you know what though i'm gonna say something a little controversial Th- when this podcast started the open was just you and i <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm kidding that's the kind of thing that shane will be furious you're
0: about. gonna get angry listener uh, mail yeah. from shane from shane
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max. So you you sat in for uh, for for Mike Pesca. You love this podcast. Okay, let me tell you this story. There's a show from Slate Magazine, which is a pretty big, prominent uh, U.S. kind of political news online magazine. It's called The Gist, and it's a daily show. I listen to it every day. So about two weeks ago, we got a, a DM from Mike Pesca because I've interacted with him a little bit. I've emailed him. I met him once in person. Uh, that they needed a guest host for when he was away on vacation this week, and I think it's in my nature just to say yes to stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was really excited about it. Obviously, uh, it's a big American podcast. It's kind of a cool opportunity for me. And because I'm such a consumer of, I'm a bit of a political junkie, I'm a consumer of all these political podcasts, I thought, it can't be that hard. I can do it. You know, it's like, it's kind of have that attitude that it'll all turn out okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But when I got thinking about actually preparing for uh, the episode today, I started thinking like, "Oh my god, this is actually a lot of work." Because I realize our podcast is mostly just us winging it. Sure, it's mostly us talking. I mean, we do research for the interviews, but again, it's like uh, interviews with people that are actors or directors. The stuff that he talks about on his show is like real deal, fact based, like political reporting. So I was thinking about, "It's like, oh man, like." you know, this is this is going to actually take some research. So um, I requested to interview Daniel Dale, who's the Toronto Star reporter, who's actually, he has like 350,000 Twitter followers. He's uh, made a name for himself for covering Rob Ford when he was the mayor of Toronto. And now he is the Donald Trump lie checker. Yeah. So he documents every single lie. So I was like, oh man, this guy's a very serious political reporter. I started doing research on Daniel Dale. And that guy works so hard. He he clearly doesn't sleep. He fact-checks every single one of Trump's speeches on the campaign trail. Yeah. Every public event that Trump speaks at, he will find the transcript and go through it. And I'm just thinking, like, man, this guy's job is so intense. So that was stressing me out. And then I was starting to think about the open and the close of the show.
0: Yeah, where you have to sort of do a monologue.
1: I have to do a monologue. And now for listeners, I highly recommend you check out the show uh, when Mike Pesca hosts it. But... Every single day, Pesco writes an open that is somewhat topical. It's something kind of between like an essay that you'd write in for your politics class in university mixed with it, like an opinion piece, mixed with some comedy. Like he's got a good sense of humor too. So he does that at, at the top and the bottom and he does it every single day. And it's not like the difference is it's not like he's riffing like a comedian. It's not like he's just sort of talking shit. Like, there's a lot of podcasts that I love, like Bill Simmons or, I don't know, Joe Rogan or. Yeah, they're just looser. They're just looser. You know, like, this is actually like he is citing news articles. He's playing clips from the news. It's really like an intense thing. And the more I thought about, it, I was like, man, this guy is just so much fucking smarter than me. Well, he writes an
0: informed and entertaining. Soliloquy Every day every And then day. performs it
1: And he's seasoned Like he worked at NPR For 15 years Before he worked at Slate So like There is a recipe To his job That he is very well schooled in There's a process too Like how you put together An article Like uh, an open like that And a yep. pose That he is very aware of And I don't know any of that. I listen to the show and, I, and I've learned through us Like through listening to the show But I don't technically Actually know how to do it So I started getting like, More and more stressed Going like Oh my god Like this is going to be a lot of work, my and my brain was starting to work in ways that it hasn't worked in like since I was in university, sure, you know, almost ten years ago. Did you
0: have that anxiety where you kept knowing that the day you had to actually execute this thing was coming?
1: Yeah, and I was trying to prepare though for it. I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll try to get the the, the close uh, the, the spiel, which is the closing section of the show. It doesn't have to be as topical. The, the opening yeah. monologue has to be sort of day of. Uh, the spiel can be a little bit more. Yeah, musical. your musings, something you've been thinking about. Exactly. So um, I emailed my friend Matt, Matt Book Club Matty, yeah, who listens to all the same podcasts I listen to. He is sort of the guy who feeds me all of my political news. He's 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 like really good at like, you know, giving me interesting articles. And I and I uh, flipped him a couple of ideas for my open and close, and Matt goes, "That's stupid." <laughs> that's terrible. No. Just bluntly. Yeah, he's like, no, that's not interesting. That's no good. No, why would you say that? Why would you say you're going to get in trouble if you say that? The one suggestion I thought was okay, Book Club Maddie was like, no, fuck that stupid idea. But I was like, fuck it. I got to start somewhere. So I flipped it to uh, the producers of the show. There's two producers of The Gist and Mike Pesca. And they both were like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. So they gave me a little confidence. Good. So that was on uh, the weekend. Now, I did the, uh, the open and the interview on Monday. Today's Tuesday we're recording. The episode just came out. This morning, though, I had to do the open because, it, again, it had to be sort of day of. I got home last night, Monday night, and I didn't have anything. And it reminded me of being in school where you have to write an essay. And Classic. it's due the next day at 7 a.m. You or, left it to the last minute. I left it to the last minute, and I was so stressed out. I was like my brain was actually hurting. I was like sitting in the living room and I was just like trying my best to type and like trying to get ideas. I was calling people. I was like looking for suggestions and then like Lauren comes in the room and and Lauren's like kind of stays out of like my professional life. She's just generally very encouraging. Yeah. She goes, Max, why did you decide to do this? You seem like you're having a miserable time. I'm like, I am. I was like, I hopefully when it comes out, I'll be really proud of it. I can brag about it. But, but yeah, I'm having a terrible time. She's like, Max, in the eight years I've known you, I've never seen you work this hard. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny because I was like, I think you're right. And the funny thing is, is that, like, I, I think I have a reputation of being a hard worker within the context of the band. <laughs> like, like, in the context of, like, People in the music industry go, oh, that guy, Max, he works really hard. Yeah, of course.
0: Up against, like, boozy musicians, you're going to look like you're fucking right? Steve Jobs exactly. <laughs> obsessing
1: over the fucking new Apple computer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it, but but as I was going through this, it really just hammered home the simple point that everything I do I'm, is kind of full of shit. Like, I just, none of the brain power that I have to use as part of my job like actually requires like any like fact checking or verification it's all sort of like instinctive creative sort of garbage <laughs> like with, with my with my job as a guy in a band running sort of a small business with five friends and i was just like i have no idea how these how these guys do it every day anyway um i recorded the open this morning and again, the producers of the show couldn't be nicer. They're helpful, but they're also like, this is just another day at the office for them, of course. And so, me, while I want to kind of get emotional about this whole experience of like, oh my god, I they have, have another one to do tomorrow. Like, okay, yeah, good job, man. Okay, cool, gotta go. I was like, it's <laughs> same thing with Daniel Dale. Daniel Dale, he grew up in Thornhill. He's a Toronto guy. He had no idea who I was. Not that he needed to know who I was, but he's like, there's an article in the Walrus about Daniel Dale. Yeah, about how he was doing like this interview with CBC with Anna Maria T- Tremonte, uh, and like while he's doing an interview on the phone. He's opening, he had 250 tabs of every major newspaper across America open, gleaning them. He goes through every single one. He finds one interesting, unique quote that some other reporter probably hasn't found and then tweets it out. You know, and he did that all on the, the phone while, while he, he's in doing the interview. And so that's all I was thinking about. I was like, I wonder what other stuff he's doing right now. You
0: know what I think, though, whenever, like, that can seem intimidating. You know, you hear that and you go, oh my, and you marvel at it because... It's so foreign to you and your process, yeah. but just like you want to sit down at a piano and do it, that's what gets him off. Like people that are that good and work that hard at their job, it doesn't necessarily feel like one hundred percent work. I think he gets something out of it.
1: Sure, you're you're, you're right, and I also totally agree. I, that. I think he no, might no. say,
0: "No, that's not true. I work." You know, it's like it's not that you not work hard, but it's like if you don't enjoy the process, he must. I don't know him, but I'm just saying when you go that hard at something and you're that sort of like in, intense about it and involved,
1: you must get something pure out of it. Of course. And also I think there's something to the fact, like, you know, people that are really good at math go, I can never write an essay. Yes. And then people that are really good at essay writing say, I can never do math. So it is a skill set. But I, I think the the thing I really learned was that the way I've sort of outfitted my life, it's been pretty stress-free. Like I'm, I think I work better when I'm not my brain isn't f- pounding sure. uh, and and overworked. Like I've I figure out a way to to be pretty even keel about stuff, and that's because I get a, generally get a good night's sleep, and I only do things that I'm good at. The second I have to do something I'm not good at, I just outsource it immediately. When whether it comes to music stuff or stuff around the house or this podcast, <laughs> like honestly, if there's something I don't know how to work that machine that we're right. recording on right now. So anyway, it, it was an interesting exercise to do something that you. That you just like haven't had to work that part of your brain in a long time. Anyway, the episode comes out. I I haven't been this nervous to listen to something (laughs) that I've done. Like literally ever. Like more so than any other recording or this podcast or anything. Because it's just like, again, it's all very foreign and new. And I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised maybe i built up my head that it was gonna be terrible yeah you set your expectations i set my expectations very low and they kind of just got above the low bar so i was kind of happy with my with with my performance so uh I never want to do that again. <laughs> you wouldn't do this uh, again? I mean, maybe I would. Now, now that we got one in the can. Do you think that
0: at some point in the next couple of weeks, you're going to get very drunk and just as you're trying to go to bed at night, you're going to listen to yourself on that podcast? Oh, definitely. <laughs> it sounds like you're speaking from experience. No, I, no, I've heard of people that do that when they're, uh, you know, why does the Noel Gallagher interview have so many spins? I don't know. It's just <laughs> me going home drunk with my earbuds in. It's like, I'll that sip, was cool. Sleep <laughs> on the couch, honey. I'm just going to listen to somebody else's podcast. Uh, that's great. I'm Anyways, so let it out,
1: man. Yeah, it was just like a really interesting exercise for me. Dan Hamilton just brought us a couple beers. We
0: are recording this at Dan Hamilton's place, like it, we said. Yeah. We, we, we got to give this place a, like a studio name. We do. Yeah. We, every place we've ever hung out in over the last decade, we've given a nickname. So we got one for this place, Dan? We've hung out at the Dern. We've hung out at the Dean. We hung out at Veer Mansion. We hung the out Onyx. At the, at the Kip. The yeah. Onyx. Try
1: to call it the chill box.
0: Oh, he tried to call it The Chill Box after Birchill. Yeah, it's
1: got good AC. It does have good AC. I never really count on that name, though.
0: Do you think that the listeners of the pod now know
1: that The Nut is, in fact, Adam Burchill? I like believing that they don't know, that they haven't pieced it together. The fact that we, despite the fact that we say Adam Burchill. I mean The Nut, like every episode. <laughs> okay, give me uh, your Saturday night, though. You said you had a good time on Saturday night. Oh, man. Well, this weekend was,
0: I feel like, a really fun weekend for a lot of reasons. On Friday night... All the Champagne Boys basically got together because our friend Dylan Hideki uh, is in a band called The Dill. Mm-hmm. And drumming for him is our band, San Sebastian, Pumps, The Racket. Our former drummer, Ted Patterson, who we love, Rocksteady Teddy, amazing drummer. He drums for Dill's band. Yeah. So all of us went out and saw it, Casbah, the small club in Hamilton,
1: and uh, that was a great night. It was an awesome night. It, we it was an had an old had school a- night. We haven't had like a Champagne Boys night in a while. We talk with the Champagne Boys all the time, but the reality is is that, I mean, this is in part because I'm in Toronto, you're in Toronto, Dan's in Toronto, but having a night with everybody around was, was felt like old times. In Hamilton, we were rolling like 14 deep. It was
0: a, it was a really fun time. The reason I bring that up is because I decided to stay in Hamilton. Danic and I were in town and my dad, Found out I was in town. So he's... (laughs) He started sniffing around. Yeah, he's hitting me up. He's like, hey, let's hang out. I'd love to hang. I'd love to see you. I could use an ear and a beer, which I thought was a pretty good saying. I'm like... Did he make of that? That's what he said. I'm sure he's heard it somewhere. That's cool. Uh, And so I was sitting with Dan, and I'm like, eh, maybe I'll go hang out with my dad because my brother wasn't around. My brother was supposed to be around. He had a birthday. So I'm like... All right. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm like, let's go hang out. I'm like, where do you want to hang? He's like, let's hang on the mountain, because we we're on the mountain anyway, in Hamilton. For those of you that don't know, there's a downtown, and then there's like a, an escarpment, that, so everyone calls it the mountain. Yeah. Anyway, we go to this karaoke bar. Uh, I've been told it's Hamilton's premier karaoke bar. <laughs> it's called Tracy's. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of a premier karaoke bar. And my dad, uh, he goes, let's meet at Tracy's. I'm like, oh, it's going to be that kind of night. All right. I'm like, and I just think we're meeting for you know, a beer, and I'll lend him an ear. So I get there. And I was like, Dad, I'll be there at 9.45. Are you good to be there for 9.45? He's like, I'll be there 9.45 sharp. I'm sitting there at 9.45. I get a text. He's like, I'll be there in about 25 minutes. So now I'm just alone sitting in Tracy's with all the karaoke people having a drink. (laughs) Daddy-O finally shows up. He's like, my boy, my boy, blah, blah, blah. We're talking, catching up. Actually having a really good time, good chat. And uh, he's like, so what's going on tonight? What are we doing? (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, we going downtown. I'm like, dad, I'm like, I thought we were just getting together for a beer on the mountain. I'm like, I'm going to shut it down pretty early. He's like, ah, come on. (laughs) Because it's a Saturday night. He's like, we got to do something. I don't know, dad. My phone buzzes. It's our good friend, Peak. And because we'd been out the night before for the Dills concert, Peak just wrote, any chance you're in town to do a back to back? Ooh.
1: And I was shocked because I was like, Peak's doing a back to back? Peak is a beacon of health. I know. Have you seen that guy's body? He I, does I not know. do back-to-backs.
0: No, it's depressing. How, you don't
1: get a body like that
0: by doing back-to-backs. No, maybe back-to-back crunches yeah. like 50 times in a row. <laughs> but anyway, so I go, dad, you know what? Actually, I'm like, a couple of my buddies are downtown. If you want to go, I'm like, uh, Pete just reached out. He's like, oh, Pete, I love Pete. He's a good wingman. My dad's recently single. So uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> so I go, Pete, I'm with uh, Roy Boy, uh, but we might be down to come downtown. What are you guys up to? And Pete goes, we're actually going to this one-year anniversary of a drag show at This Ain't Hollywood. Okay. Dan, do you know the name of that drag show?
2: Something polyester queer.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's called Polyester. So Polyester is the show that's been going on in Hamilton for a year. This is their anniversary. He's like, come to the drag show. I'm like, Dad. I'm like, everyone's downtown at This Ain't Hollywood. My dad's like, I love This Ain't Hollywood. I'm like, what? It's a drag show, which will be really fun. It'll be really joyous. My dad goes, huh. Okay. And I didn't really know how my dad would take it. He's like, I'm down. I'm like a progressive man. I'm like, okay, great. Let's do this. He goes, but I'm going to sing one song before we go. (laughs) I go, okay. But they know I'm there. So he basically uh, goes up to the thing, gets it happening, comes back. He orders like another Coors Light and he's like, settle in. They're like, Roy, come to the stage. And he goes up, and the song starts. It's Proud Mary by (laughs) Tina Turner. So he's like, I left a good job in the city. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I'm not making this up. All of these like women... Of Tracy's, start getting up and they start dancing to it. They start like <laughs> moving slow, and my dad's like on the microphone, you know, he's like, working for the man every night, night and day. And I know the song is gonna pick up at some point.
1: Because Is that the rolling down the road? Yeah. yeah.
0: Do, 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 and I'm rolling, rolling, rolling. So I'm like, what's he gonna do when they get to this point? Like, is he gonna do like the <laughs> foot stamp, like Tina Turner and. Dun, 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 dun. And sure enough, that's what he does. But the women all start doing it too. So he's like high five and there's a little stage there and a mic, like a mic stand. And he's acting like Steven Tyler, kicking the mic stand out, pulling it back, high fiving people. I got some of this on my Instagram. Oh my God. It was so funny. <laughs> and I was like, this is why my dad hangs out at Tracy's. He's a fucking rock star. Here. I thought you were
1: going to say, this is where I get it from. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a, a mini reflection. I'm like, yeah, this is it's this. like a, you are the first guy to go up in during karaoke. It is true. It's true. <laughs> so then he
0: finishes that. He, I, and, and then he comes, oh, and this is the other funny thing, is the song ends, but you know in karaoke, like, sometimes a song will have, like, an outro? Mm-hmm. It's like, rolling, rolling, but, so he, like, drops the mic on a high point and walks off, but yeah. there's still 40 seconds of the song left playing off, but I guess he was, like, gotta leave in the sweet spot. He's high-fiving dudes at the bar.
1: That's the way to do it. You always leave early. Leave that, him wanting a little more. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, let's go downtown. Yeah, he just <laughs> okay? Walks out of the bar. Drop that,
0: the mic. That's awesome. So we're on our way downtown, we're going to this drag show, and I, I felt bad. I didn't feel like I needed to say, Dad. Like, I know you've never been to something like this where it's going to be like a little outlandish, and everybody here is like, you know, really just having a good time. And there's a lot of joy. There's a lot of love, and people are going to get wacky, and it's going to be so fun. But you're going to see some things that maybe you aren't used to, just like hanging around with
1: all and, I, and also the the contrast between hanging out on the mountain at Tracy's, yes, versus coming downtown to a drag show. It's like it's kind of like opposite ends of this, of the of the of the kind of the cultural spectrum. I'm totally. Level, yeah.
0: And Hamilton and and. Correct me if I'm wrong to say this it's sort of newly progressive In the last sure. sort of like yeah. Half decade yeah. As like more young people Sort of assert yeah. themselves and, and, and have these nights You know So my dad Old school Hamilton Is not I was just like Just you know Certain jokes Or you might want to say And my dad To his credit was like You think I'd embarrass you son? Ah, this good. is him in the cab, and I'm like, oh geez, I've offended him. Now he's like, I got embarrassed. He's like, I can handle myself. He's like, I've been having a good time since the '70s in Hamilton. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I've
1: seen it all. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of one of those. Yeah. It's kind of like you so think you I haven't seen things. Don't think I stumbled into a gay bar and have a great time.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, good for you. Let's get it. Yeah. So we get in there, and sure enough, like any drag show, I, I think the, the 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 main hostess was like from Toronto, mm. but so she gets up on stage and she's like, all right, all you fucking bitches, who wants a <laughs> shot? And then like people are on stage, and she's making all the typical jokes you would see when he sings and it was very funny uh and my dad's like kind of watching and then all of a sudden they're like all right everybody like after they do the shots are like let's do some dancing and it's like bad, ooh, and people start dancing and i'm talking to peak and it's our friend peaks there jay kelly's there felix is there yeah, psycho's man. there uh psycho if you remember from the last episode the one with the boner yeah. um so <laughs> they're all having a good time i'm talking to them and Jay Kelly taps me and I look and my dad is in the middle of the crowd with his <laughs> arms up like one of those floppy things at a car dealership just dancing just like uh. mm, bats, mm, bats. and I was like wow I'm like Roy's getting it this is so fun uh, Roy's getting after it <laughs> Jay Kelly then sort of just pontificates in only the way Jay Kelly can he goes you know your dad is really surprising me right now and I don't know why I think it's because I thought your dad would sort of like maybe not embrace this but then when I thought about Roy I'm like, it totally makes sense.
1: <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, Jay. I was
0: like, so he's having a good time.
1: And oh. by the way, Jay is my old roommate from 85 Arkell Jays. He's, he's one of like the most beautiful guys inside and out. 100%. And that is exactly the way he'd say it. Do
0: you want to hear another really funny jay yeah. Jayism? Yeah, I give it to you. So it. I guess Jay, earlier in that night, they'd been in line to get into some indie uh, uh indie band show like around the corner in hamilton and i guess they waited in line for like sort of tickets released at the door but there was only 20 and jay and this uh, friend of his who's like i don't know like 42 or something were in line and they got cut off right at that so they didn't get in but i guess there was these girls standing in front of them like chatting them up or whatever and so they didn't get into the show and then as they were walking away from the show his older friend turned to jay and he's like well he's like we still got it i guess because the (laughs) girls were talking to them and jay goes but i started thinking what do you mean still got it He's like, I'm only 30. I'm supposed to still have it. <laughs> Maybe you still have it. He goes, <laughs> but I never even thought that I lost it. it was the funniest fucking thing. I'll probably cut that out. But that no, was that's
1: good. Leave it. you gotta leave it. Gotta
0: leave it. <laughs> it was so Jay yeah. because he was so like just matter of fact about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, so it that's ended good. up being this great night. My dad had like the best time ever, danced up a storm, and then jumped in a cab at like you know one thirty in the morning or whatever. Wow. And then uh, the rest of us just like closed it out. Max, should we talk about Hayden Christensen? Let's get in it. All right. So like we set up the top. Hayden
1: is in a movie. Called Little Italy that is out August twenty fourth. My one question, yeah, because I was like, is he even Italian? Is Emma Roberts Italian? <laughs> and I looked it up, and I uh, he is his mom is half Italian, so technically That's he's right. one. Did you ask the question? It Was being an Italian a deal breaker for the producers of the movie? I certainly did. Oh, nice. Okay, good. And he
0: answered it. Okay, good. But we'll leave it as a tease. Good. And people can listen to the interview. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we got this interview actually through you, through E1. Yeah, that's right. Because there's a connection with yeah. the management and all yeah. that. So, Hayden comes in and uh, we set up the gear and, and we start... Just chatting, kind of like getting to know each other at first, because there was kind of a delay before we could start doing the interview, and so I was like, oh, I gotta kind of make small talk with them, but I don't want to kill any of my questions sure. that I have lined up. So I'm just like, hey, I'm like, uh, I'm like, you're a dad. He's like, I am, yeah, yeah. I am. Like, I've actually got a daughter on the way in October. He's like, what? He goes, man. That's amazing. Like, puts his hand across the, we were sitting on a couch, shakes my hand. Uh, and then he was just like, I was like, give me some sage advice, man. And then he just gave me like the most genuine advice oh, and wow. was really sort of inquisitive and nice. Then we get into the, the
1: interview. By the way, um, at Manager Ash, I texted her, I was like, any Hayden questions? And she said, oh, get him to talk about dad stuff. Oh, that's funny. No, that's funny that you do that anyway. Whenever
0: I have to actually do small talk, I, it's always interesting because it's like I can't go into the areas that I'm going to touch on in the sure. interview. Yeah. So it's like you always just have to find something that you're not really going to get to. So anyway, uh, we do the interview. Um, we touch on a lot of the Star Wars stuff and sort of what it did to him as a 19-year-old to, to get that role. And honestly, he was pretty open. And, and we'd heard before, it's like, hey, let's stick to the movie you know, like it's not something, but that's not what we do on this podcast.
1: No, we defy
0: publicists all the time. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's like that I should want, be our Twitter bio. Well, and, and honestly, that's that's not our mission. That's not what we ever want to do in these conversations. So it's like, yeah, let's do a couple about the movie, and then let's get into some like interesting stuff. Like let's talk like humans, not yeah, let's a talk about the machine. process.
1: Let's talk about your life story.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So we get into all that, and then after the interview. I think I'm allowed to tell this stuff, but basically, we're waiting because he's going to do one of Shane's digital desserts. So they have to set the setup with all the cameras and everything. And Shane's intern was there, Veronique, who you guys heard last week won the the intern contest. And so I got to sit with Hayden, and Hayden goes, Is it like, he's like, How long before the setup is done? And Ken, who's producing, it's like, um, About five. He's like, Hayden's like, Five for a smoke or Five for not? And he's like, okay, how do I get out? But we were kind of in this weird area where he couldn't know where to go. So he's like, Ken's like, there's this alleyway. And I'm like, I'll take you. I knew exactly what he was talking about. I've been working in that building for years. So I'm like, I'll take you. And I'm thinking that all the people are going to come. None of the people come. Mm. So it's just me and Hayden. And we're walking down five flights of steps. And he says again, he goes, man, He's like, thanks for that interview. That was like, that was a good conversation, man. And he's like, it was, it was, it was thoughtful and we touched a lot of things and I go, thank you for sort of giving interesting and thoughtful answers. Cause you know, the star Wars thing, I didn't know if I was, I know you have probably been answering it forever. He's like, no, he was like, listen, he's like, if people know what they're talking about or do the research or ask it in a thoughtful way, he's like, I can talk about star Wars whenever he's like, It's when people don't know what the hell they want to ask, they just know they want to somehow say something about star Wars.
1: Nah, that's so interesting. You're totally right. Cause sometimes I think about our Kells interviews. And it really is kind of just comes down to like who the person is who's asking the question, what the like what other questions they've asked around. So it's like you could ask a really basic question, but if you've proved to me that you know what you're talking about and that you didn't just pull the one thing from Wikipedia that was the name brand thing. Yeah. It's like for instance, like uh, on our Kells Wikipedia, I think there's like a question about so there's a factoid about us being in NHL 13, like being in the, in the soundtrack, and it's a it's a pretty mundane Arkell statistic. And if, so someone says, "So you were in NHL 13, huh?" Uh, yeah, and I go, uh, "Yeah, yeah, we were." But if someone were, were to say, "Okay, so what are the mechanics behind getting into a video game? What are the mechanics like? Is that something you guys want to do? Do, uh, do you seek it out? Do you seek it out? Yeah. Is it a good promo vehicle?" Like. And again, it's just, it's using the same fact, but it's presented in a much different way. Absolutely. And so, it's so that's so interesting that he recognized that because it, it's not, it's never about like, it, it's, it's about how it's being presented and it's about how, you know, what the angle of the question is. And yeah. it's not just about like a simple, I pulled something
0: from your Wikipedia page. Totally. Yeah. And so we go down the five flight stairs, we're just chatting and then we go into the alleyway and, uh, you know, he lights up and we're sitting there
1: and you were like, you did the thing where you're a nervous teenager. We're like, yeah, I smoke. I smoke. <laughs> hey, you yeah, got yeah. a, Hey, Hey, you got a butt for me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <coughs> just
0: a couple of cool guys. Uh, <laughs> Uh no, so, he, so he, he, he smoked, and because the MMVAs are happening, they're building a stage right beside us. And it's kind of cool, because it's like, it's just him and I talking. And now we're just like, we're the same age, so we're just literally talking as dudes, you know, who have the same frame of references. And, you know, we talked a little bit about when he first got to L.A., and obviously with the Star Wars wave. And then I talked a lot about, like, being in San Sebastian, being in a touring band, and just, like, sort of, like, I guess opportunities that come when you're sort of... Uh, Luckily in a thing like, you know, we were signed to a record label So it was like we you get to go to free parties and open bar and all that and he's like, yeah That's like what I first got there. It's like you could do that every night for the rest of your life But then you know, you wake up and anyway, it was a really good
1: conversation. I think that the idea of having access to that lifestyle um at a young age is really interesting. And like I could say, that you went through that, I've been through that, uh, but but compared to someone who's gone through that in Hollywood, which oh is a whole God. other level, is, is interesting. And yeah, he came out of his experience a multimillionaire. Yeah. You know,
0: I've got to get up in the morning and go to work.
2: But you, you got a podcast though. That fucking right I do. <laughs> uh,
0: but so it was like this really cool sort of like hang, you know, where we just kind of like... Chilled, shot the
1: shit. It's cool, and you guys are both GTA guys. Yeah. The same age. So well, he lives
0: on he lives out like in a farm. Well, we talked about this in the interview a bit, and then we got a lot more into it. And anyway, it was just like I kind of really going into it, you're like, oh yeah, it's like it's the guy from Star Wars and we do the appropriate research and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But after kind of hanging with him, and he's very low, low maintenance and low key, he's like, Yeah, man, let's just, You know, he's like mm-hmm. cool guy. So I came away very impressed, and I really enjoyed uh both conversations. The interview and then the off the record stuff was great. And he was just he was a really cool guy, and he's the sort of guy you'd want to get a beer with, for sure. Cool, and then he went into Shane's digital dessert, and apparently went great. So you guys will see that at some point, but uh, or maybe Shane might even talk about it in the in the dessert or down the road. So if you are tuning in for the first time, because maybe you're a huge Hayden Christensen fan. We have over 100 episodes with actors, musicians, comedians, and an astronaut, actually. All sorts across the spectrum. Please check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Please check us out, Mike on Much. If you want to follow us, at Mike on Much on Twitter and Instagram. Maxi, do you want to get to Hayden Christensen? Let's get to it. We're going to jump right into this thing. Let's do it. I kind of want to start, obviously, with Little Italy, because that's the, the movie you're here to talk about. And you've had a number of sort of romantic leads in films, and I thought when I was watching this film that you and Emma Roberts had really good chemistry. Did you know her before you started doing this film?
3: No, I did not. Uh, I'd met her once in passing uh, years ago. Um, but no, we didn't know each other. Um, we, we met, I think, literally like uh, maybe a week before we started filming. <laughs> um But, but, you know, she's a very cool girl and we, we, uh, uh, had like a natural rapport. She was great to work with. Do you know that right away? Like you said, like
0: you had a natural rapport. So is that a sort of, it's like within 10 minutes you're like, you know what, this is going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever had them where you're like, this is not going to work? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what's the workaround there then when it's not going to work? Is it like, it's a lot more work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right, That's where the acting comes in.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, Emma and I, Emma and I hit it off and, uh, um, and you know the the work in this movie is fun too so it's you know it's very lighthearted, hearted and uh, you know we were on set laughing every day um, so it was it was uh, uh, an easy movie to be a part of and uh, easy characters to kind of get into
0: like with any co-star I would imagine whether it's like your female lead or whomever someone playing your father how important to you is rehearsal meaning like I need to get in a room with these people and figure it out or is like are you able to sort of walk onto a set and be like, let's, let's do it?
3: It really depends on, uh, on I guess, you know, the film and the material. Um, I'm a big fan of rehearsing and just as much preparation as possible before you get to set. I just think you're better off. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes the process just doesn't allow for it And you've got, you know, actors with different schedules and you can't show up until, you know, right before the movie starts. Um, so, you know... On this one, we didn't have a lot of that. It was like you know, maybe you know, a few days uh, of really spending time together, and then we were we were filming. It's
0: funny when I was watching the uh, the trailer leading up to this film, and just the I guess the marketing in general it reminds me of sort of you know, like my big fat Greek wedding mm-hmm. is sort of this I guess um, operating paradigm for movies like this, where it like speaks to a certain community, but it really can appeal to everybody. How cognizant are you guys of when you make a movie like Little Italy of that, where you go, "Oh, this is what we're trying to do with this film." Are you thinking about things in those terms, or are you thinking about things as far as like, "What are my lines? Who are my character?" Or are you like, "I see the whole the big picture."
3: No, I think you definitely try to uh, you know understand you know one what your audience is, who your audience is, um, and you know also you know you want the movie to work. So if you don't have any sort of concept of 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 where you're going, uh, it's a little misguided, I find. Um, I mean, you're not like you're not working with like an end result in mind, but you have an idea of where you want to get to, and uh, and so I'm sort of aware of that. You know, I think more so at the beginning, and then once you kind of get into the flow of it, and you're really sort of connecting with the character, then uh, then you're just sort of in it, and you're just having fun with the role. Yeah. yeah.
0: Are you someone that tends to think big picture? process stuff as far as like I guess the movie business and just making a film it's hard to make a film in general right like front to back and then market and there's all these other sort of ancillary things that have nothing to do with the creative work which is like just you and another actor
3: totally yeah I mean I'm I'm, you know cognizant of it when I'm reading a script and I'm sort of considering a project but at the same time I'm not like so career focused it's really just about whether or not the story appeals to me whether or not I think that there's uh, an audience for the story um, and whether or not I think it would, you know, be a process that, one, I'll enjoy, and two, will sort of, you know, challenge me as an actor and give me something to do.
0: Well, because this film obviously takes place in Little Italy, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of Italian tropes and all that stuff, I read on uh, Wikipedia that uh, your mom is part Italian. Yeah. Is yeah. that Was that a deal-breaker for the producers?
3: No. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, when I read the script the first time, I was like, eh. I don't know if I'm the most obvious fit for this uh but I am part Italian I do I do know that community um and my 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 grandma's full Italian and so I have like lots of cousins and aunts and uncles who are very much from that community you
0: understand the world
3: I understand the world enough to, to sort of you know uh, ma- you know make an attempt at it but you know that's also part of the attraction for me is you know I get to play a character and and just sort of like understanding all of the sort of Italian mannerisms and uh, and and that sort of stuff was was fun for me. So I got to I got to focus on bringing out my inner Italian.
0: With performing, it's always a fine line between like um, like you said, capturing the mannerisms, and then uh, over doing a caricature. How do you find the line? totally?
3: Yeah, no, it's a fine line, uh, and especially for this one because you can kind of it's easy to sort of go big with the Italian stuff. Yeah. Um and I played with it and sometimes I would I would go too big and I'd have to pull it back. Uh but you know that's that's the process is you kind of you have to you have to find that balance.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well going back a bit, you know, you've had the sort of success that a lot of Canadian actors haven't, but you had this sort of like lineage where it was like Are You Afraid of the Dark, Goosebumps yeah. and then you have this sort of rocket ship to the moon with Star Wars. By the time you got Star Wars, were you like, did you feel like, even though you were young, like you'd hit a ceiling in Canada? Like, were you thinking like, this is going to be amazing because I'm going to sort of get out of, not a smaller bubble, but obviously like, yeah, exactly that, a smaller bubble.
3: Um, I mean, I think as an actor, you know, uh, you always kind of have your sights set on Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the film community uh, and, you know... Uh, and and just this industry in Canada is pretty healthy, so it's not like you you need to go elsewhere. Uh, and the Star Wars thing just kind of came along, and uh, it was a it was an amazing opportunity. I didn't really think it was uh, really that plausible because it was so big, but uh, yeah, you know, it worked out. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, and I think in the moment, how old were you when you got that? I was nineteen. Nineteen. So in the moment, you realize this is a big fucking deal. Oh I yeah, think. yeah yeah. And so as a young actor, are you are you going? I know what this means. Like this is it. Like this is a this is a ticket to open a lot of doors. Or are you just going? I'm focusing on process and technique and sort of all of the actory things. Or are you are very aware of what this means for your life.
3: No, I was very focused on just the work. Uh, you know, all of the stuff uh, that came along with it. I tried yeah. to sort of keep on the periphery um, and just sort of focus on on what I was doing as an actor. But it's it's such a a crazy world the Star Wars world you know so uh, it's hard to n- not sort of be daunted by um, just the size of it all uh, but that was that's how I dealt with this I just sort of stayed focused on on what I was doing as an actor
0: yeah the micro because the enormity is it's like overwhelming you just, you if you allow yourself, yourself to in, even
3: think about it I yeah. think in in that sense yeah.
0: it's interesting you know we've talked to a lot of people that had success young whether it was like you know Josh Jackson or Jerry O'Connell who was in Stand By Me you know and we've talked a lot about how they sort of like framed things after the fact and I'd read in an interview you said that um you know you would had a bit of difficulty sort of framing those Star Wars movies because you felt like you hadn't earned it or that was the quote in this MTV piece that I read whether that's accurate or not I don't know but I read it on the internet so I'm going to assume it's true with time and perspective do you I guess still feel that way um, or, or do you look at it more like, hey, everybody gets a break. Like, there's something almost noble about thinking of it like, oh, I haven't, I didn't earn it. You I know? think,
3: I think, you know, for me, I came from sort of an athletic background, uh, ah. where you know what you get out of something is what you put into it, and uh, you know, the Star Wars um, thing for me that was such a life changing experience, uh, and it all happened so fast that yeah, there was something inside of me that kind of felt like. was maybe a little too fast uh and um i hadn't fully paid my dues yet uh uh and that just kind of lingered in me a little bit um but that's sort of you know what's crazy about this industry too is uh you know you can make those sort of big shifts really quickly with just you know a film, sometimes,
0: yeah, that's the nature of how the business can yeah. work, so that's yeah. what I mean. Have you parked those sort of like those feelings now that you go, ah, this is kind of how sometimes the game goes?
3: Yeah, I think I've probably made more peace with it now, um, but uh, but yeah, no, that was something that I i definitely uh, felt for a little while, yeah. yeah.
0: I, it's always interesting in, in these conversations, like, do you? I was gonna say, essentially, like, I, I like to get to the heart of what someone's personality is, is like, and it's like. Are you sick of answering Star Wars questions? Are you like, this is just a part of who I am and I know those are going to come up in an interview? Because even me asking, I'm like, I want to ask because it's interesting and our listeners are going to find it interesting because anything on a grand scale is going to be fascinating to people. But then also you're like, listen, I'm a dude that does plenty of work and it's like, that was a long time ago. Or are you like, shit, people are going to ask me about that?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay talking about Star Wars. It's uh, It's been a big part of my life. Uh, and even though I'm not you know making the films anymore... It's, it's still uh, a big part of my life. Um, and you're a part of history, a lot of people's history, a collective sort of history. That's kind of it, the
0: enormity of this, the franchise, I guess, as you were saying.
3: Yeah, and, you know, just the role that I, I played, um, you know, uh, I'm not looking to, to sort of uh, run away from that and, and leave that in the past. Uh, that's something I'm, you know, I was very proud to be a part of that and, and got to sort of leave my mark on... Uh, on, on a part of film history so now I'm happy to talk about it.
0: When you got the uh, the call as a 19 as year old that basically says you're gonna do this I can imagine you were very excited obviously like you said you know exactly yeah. what it meant yeah. um, but were you a sci-fi guy going into that?
3: Um, I was a fan of the films I wasn't a big sci-fi guy necessarily um, I was you know I was like a, a, a just a dedicated actor uh, trying to sort of uh, work on his craft and and I sort of come from the theater a little bit. I I, I uh, um, studied acting uh, on stage, and uh, and so I was I was really more inclined towards just uh, dramatic stuff and dramatic films and dramatic storytelling. Uh, but but no, I mean I've you know I've always liked the genre. I like. Uh, you know the sort of the escapism that it offers and you know more so than most right um and i think you know especially sort of in uh today's climate that 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 vehicle for escapism becomes more and more necessary and i think you sort of uh can see that just with the films that find find real popularity now
0: that's a fascinating thought Um, meaning like we need escapism now more than ever in the current sort of uh yeah I guess, state of our society or our political climate. A little bit, I
3: think. I think there's some, some truth to that.
0: Are you a political guy? I try not to be. Right, you try yeah. to sort of stay, stay yeah. apart from it. And I guess we're Canadians, we're somewhat separate, although I guess we're seeing everything that's happening everywhere.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy world right now. But, yeah, know, I, 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 uh, I stay out of the politics. and um, uh, I, You know, what's the line from that song? I get all the news I need from the weather report.
0: <laughs> that's a pretty good line. Yeah. Um, well, another thing, actually, speaking of abstaining, is it's like, it feels like you don't have a, 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 a presence on social media. I don't think you have yeah. a Twitter. I don't think you've posted on Instagram
3: since, like, 2014. I've never actually had an Instagram. So I've that's never... just some other imposter. Those are some other, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I've never... I've I gotta take of... back those double taps. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, uh, uh, engaged in social media. Um... What's the thinking there?
0: Cause, cause for, it's... Uh, I don't know. I,
3: you know, there's probably a lot of reasons, uh... Mostly I chalk it up to laziness, Um, (laughs) but uh, I don't know. There's something about an actor, about being an actor uh, uh, and sort of participating in social media that seems slightly contrary or contradictive. Uh, You know, I kind of, I I always liked uh, the notion that as an actor you're, you're, there's like a, there's like a sort of a a magical act taking place. And uh, I'd rather the audience know less about me in order for them to sort of believe in whatever this, you know, thing that we're trying to convince them of.
0: Sure, is. It's, it's naturally artifice and so it's like you want to yeah. keep that barrier. And then there's two ways of, there's two sort of schools of thought about that, which is like do you show how the trick is done? Like, you know, you hear the, there's Song Exploders, a famous podcast where they get into how a song is made or what it's about and other musicians are kind of like now man like you take what you need to take from it i don't need to sort of open the book and reveal everything and it seems like as far as actors go you lean on that side
3: yeah i mean you know now it's like it's 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 uh it's a it's a it's sort of a a a necessary tool for for uh a lot of people in this industry and, and really for myself as well i should be you know uh doing it but um
0: well you're out here now promoting
3: the movie yeah i do this stuff you know uh but as far as like, you know, having a social media presence and, and letting people into my life, I've always just been a little bit, you know, reluctant to do that. Uh, uh, but, you know, maybe one day you'll see me on Instagram or something. I'll follow you. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Do you do you participate? Meaning, do you look? Like, meaning you're not an active participant, but are you an observer? Like, would you ever have like a Twitter where you're just kind of, you
3: know? No, I just, I don't, it's not really my thing. So now what you do with your time? So Honestly, like... I was a late adopter to the laptop and to the computer. Like, I didn't have my own <laughs> laptop until, like, like, less than 10 years when ago. When did you
0: get a cell phone? I was late to the cell no, phone. No, I had
3: a cell phone, although I gave up my cell phone for, like, a year, and I had no cell phone. This was, like, you know, five, six years ago. Really? Yeah. How uh, do people find you?
0: Email. Okay, so whenever you got around your email on your new laptop... Uh, yeah. That's when you would...
3: Uh, yeah, but, you know, that p- people couldn't really tolerate it that long, so eventually I got a cell phone again.
0: Well, what's the, uh, they say Bill Murray has, like, an answering service. That,
3: he was kind of, like, my inspirational. Really? Bit. Yeah, I heard the story, like, Bill Murray only, you know, he, like, he has a fax machine or something, and people have to contact him via fax. And, yeah, and I yeah, just thought like that was like awesome.
0: All his offers, everything. And when yeah. he gets around to the fax machine, then he might reach back out to you.
3: Yeah, but, uh, but no, you know, I, I also just sometimes need to disconnect and... Uh, you know escape to the country and uh it's hard to do that when you got a phone going off all the time do you think
0: that that um your disposition the the sort of like need to escape to the country or sort of disengage is because of that sort of wave you got hit with at 19 and the instant stardom or do you for think sure you think that's a re- that's a reaction to that
3: absolutely yeah yeah i mean you know uh it's, it's a it's a it's a crazy thing to go through that um and, you know, to have uh, a healthy perspective on it, I think, just takes time. Um, and I think you gain that perspective just by sort of having time to reflect and uh, sort of pulling back a little bit. Um, but it's not like a natural sort of t- trajectory, you know, to, to experience or to go through. No. Um, so I think, yeah, for sure, that that sort of motivated me to... Move out to the country and uh, and 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 pull back a little bit. Just disconnect a little. Sometimes, yeah.
0: Which is usually probably more healthy than would, however we're living right now. Because
3: yeah, no, honestly, like moving out to the country is one of the best things I ever did. Um, it's just a very healthy environment for me, and uh, I just like it. It's no traffic, you know, fresh <laughs> air.
0: It works. Yeah, it's a good way to live. Yeah. Um, lastly, as we wrap up. Um, you do seem like a really thoughtful guy when it comes to your career and sort of framing things in, in a sort of more macro sense than a micro sense. What do you want? Uh, what do you see happening over the next 10 years? What's the ideal for, for, for you?
3: Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, uh, I love what I do. I love storytelling. Uh, that, was, that was always sort of my attraction to all of this and to filmmaking and the, and the craft of acting was just a, a, a love of storytelling um, and so I definitely want to, you know, continue to be a part of that. Uh, I could, I could see myself getting behind the camera and maybe, you know, directing, uh, something, you know, soon, one day. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, uh, I also, as I said, I'm not like super career minded. Um, and so I, I do the work that appeals to me and that I, you know, I'm passionate about, and, uh, and when that comes along, great. And if not, I'm happy to hang it up at my farm. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, man. Nice talking to you. Much appreciated. Yeah.
0: Welcome to the dessert. We are joined, obviously, by our pop culture aficionado Shane Cunningham. And Shane, I'm just going to give you the floor.
4: Okay. So here's the deal. <laughs> I've been planning this for a few weeks. I have some, uh, I won't call them kids, but some, some young aspiring filmmakers, is that fair? That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. I have some people here with me that I've been trying to get in here for quite a while, and I've been trying to organize this with Max, because you're an Arkells fan. Huge Arkells fan, yeah. And do you notice someone's missing here today? I do notice someone's missing, yeah. Uh, how does that...
5: <laughs> Sorry, I am also an Arkells fan. <laughs> yeah. Both
4: Arkells fans. So, so you guys must have thought Max would be here, correct? We thought so. Are you disappointed?
6: No, no, because I know he's busy.
4: But you clearly are disappointed. You just don't want you can him be to be honest.
6: Hear that. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But I mean, we're here to pitch to you, Shane. So. Well, what about you? Are you disappointed?
5: Um, I don't often get disappointed.
6: <laughs> she just kind of lives in constant disappointment.
0: <laughs> like yeah.
5: Should our listeners know their names? You just no,
6: talk- no, no, no. Oh, okay. I
4: just, we'll get
0: to that. You do it how you do it. I'll step back.
4: <laughs> so I got a message recently from. Just a random pod listener. And they were saying that, hey, the dessert is my fave. Don't let Mike and Max strong arm you. You have a lot to offer. And I was like, okay, that's a weird kind of message.
0: It sounds affirmational like you write it to yourself in your notes. Well, I don't really feel like you guys strong
4: arm me, do you? No,
0: I wouldn't think that.
4: I said, much appreciated. I'm printing this out for backup if, if these guys ever get out of line. And then she sends me another message. She goes, they don't value your opinion. Wow, And I thought, oh, that's a little weird because I always kind of thought they did value my opinion. And then recently I go, okay, Max, uh, just to confirm again, Thursday night, the people are coming in, I've organized something special. He goes, ah, can't do it, have a photo shoot. (laughs) I'm like, oh, he goes, yeah, Mike and I are just gonna record the open uh, tonight. I go, oh, I have this Hayden Christensen story I was looking to tell during the open. Do you not want to hear that? And he completely ignores me and just says, Hey Mike, so I'll be over around seven. <laughs> it just doesn't even listen to me. At it all. was news to me as well. It wasn't some conspiracy. He ba- when when he said Mike
0: and I record the open without you, I got the same text you
4: did at the same time. So I had this Hayden Christensen story that I guess we'll never. No, see we're going to of- save it, baby. Okay, we'll save it because you know
0: that dessert is going to be. Uh, it's going to see the light of day, and we'll talk about it then. Right. Okay. But are you mad at Max? You seem like you've got some uh, unresolved hostility. Well,
4: it's just weird when you say something and he doesn't answer the question and he ignores me and goes straight to you and just says, no, I'm just going to show up and record the opening without me. This is becoming very therapeutic and yeah. we have guests in the room just staring at I it. just wanted to let you guys know why he's not here. And you, you and I both know, your name is Josh, that you yeah. and I have been working behind the scenes to make this
6: happen. We have. That being said, like I could see on the Arkell's Instagram that something was happening to them like three hours ago. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, there might be, he might be busy. Right. Something may have come up, yeah.
4: But I'll get to the point, what we're doing here is a Shark Tank-esque show, and you're going to present us with an idea for a web series. You sent me materials before. Yes. And I checked them out, and I was a little, not hurt, but I was just like, these guys, our humor doesn't exactly align. Right.
6: Hey, gather around all you motherfuckers and everyone put your hands in the air. Step right up. Step right up. Watch my boy TJ take on his new challenger, Big Fat Mikey. But guys, I'm scared.
5: Get in the trash can, pussy. You know the rules. What TJ says goes. But I don't wanna. You don't have a choice, bitch.
4: But I've done stuff in the past, too, that doesn't align with how I am now. So I thought rather than put it down, I'd give you guys a good shot to win me over
6: and have me potentially produce your web series and so basically uh we i reached out to you yeah and then when you came back to me with can i see some examples we were like well shit we are in a situation where like three or four of us in the group have just shot like higher budget not high budget but better looking projects that are like in editing mode mm-hmm. so we're like well we can't send you a half finished thing so what's something we have sitting around that's kind of funny that kind of gives an idea that we make stuff. I wouldn't go throwing around words like funny. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> it got made. It, yeah. it, has, Something a begin- existed. it has a beginning, yeah. a middle, and an end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we were kind of like scrambling, like, well, crap, uh, hopefully we get in the room with them, and we can kind of sell them on, on an idea that is, I think, a lot more aligned with uh, mm-hmm. your sense of humor.
5: May I say, I had nothing to do with the recess thing. Thank you.
6: Yeah. you. You voiced one of the characters.
5: I voiced one of the characters. I did not write it or make it at all because you
4: had a lot of some you had some harsh lines there that i don't know if i'd want my
6: voice attached to
5: i do not remember doing that at all i will also say
6: okay yeah i remember you doing that there was a lot of female characters yeah and there was a lot of uh swearing and probably yeah no it got it got dark Guys, okay. guys,
0: don't splinter before you pitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're already falling apart,
6: Shaney. All right,
4: but we're going to start Shane's Tank right now. Of course, Mike is going to be the host. Sure. And I've written some
0: stuff for you. And much like last week's episode, I've not read one part. But of you did you a great
4: before. job with last week.
0: Are you were happy with that work? Yeah. Okay. And I'm trying to do this like the Shark Tank guy. Yes.
4: Okay, here we go.
0: Welcome to Shane Tank where creative people pitch to three extremely creative judges to see if one of them are interested in producing their creative project. If the judges hear a great idea, they will invest their own time and fight each other for a deal. Who are the judges? They are self-made creative experts who have carved out their own path, their own way in the Canadian entertainment industry. The Nut is a shrewd businessman who has never seen a good idea he didn't like. He went from DJing sweaty nightclubs to becoming marketing manager of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. He recently lost weight, but he's ready to take a big bite out of a good idea. But he's also willing to take a bite out of a bad idea and shit it out. I instantly regret doing this. (laughs) Instantly. Shane Cunningham, he's worked in television for a really long time and when he sees something that's good, he knows it's good. But if he doesn't like what he sees, he's the type of guy to start shaking his head and will say no. And then there's Mike Veerman. That's me. I went from waiting tables at Swish LA to waiting for Noel Gallagher to stop talking so I could ask him another question. You can lick my balls. Now, my only question for you, Shane Tanker contestants, is are you ready to present your idea? I hope to God we yeah. are. I think so. The following are actual negotiations between creatives and investors. The judges will invest their own time at their discretion. No offer is being made to or solicited from the listening audience. Men read the intro part. <laughs> <laughs> Entering the tank now are the creatives who are part of a comedy troupe. Troop or trooped? Troop. You wrote trooped. Well, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Entering the tank now are the creatives who are part of a comedy troupe and are looking to have their web series produced by one of the judges. They had previously sent Shane a sample skit through an Instagram DM, but didn't exactly impress him with their content.
5: Get in the trash can, pussy.
0: Now they're here to prove that they are better than the sum of their DMs. That's that's good. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, Nat.
6: Um, my name's Josh Charbet. Um, I'm a uh, writer, actor, uh, producer. Um
5: and this is I can I can do my own intro. Cool, yeah. uh, my name is Sam or Samantha Weiss for long. Um, what am I? I'm a writer, producer, actor, improviser. Um, yep.
6: Yep, improviser. That's that's a big part of this. Um, yeah. You want to uh, take it away? Cool. So yeah, web series is called Gentlemen of Taste. Uh, as you can see on the screen here, we have a very low resolution. Uh gif collage of the four main characters who we will get into in a moment um it is a comedy web series um seven to ten minute episodes uh ten episodes per season and basically it follows these four broke ignorant morons who try to assert themselves into upper class society by posing as professional critics of the class of society they're trying to become a part of they have No knowledge of what it takes to be in the upper class, what it takes to walk into the share Club and actually belong there or go to the Park Hyatt
4: there. Did you know The Nut has unlimited access to the share Club?
6: Yeah, I did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Conceptually, the show revolves around the idea that they are going to try to get into these fancy places to review them, but kind of like a show like Nirvana the Band where it revolves around the idea of them trying to get a show at the Rivoli. Not a whole lot of the plot of the show actually is closely tied to getting a show at the Rivoli. It's sort of a engine for them to explore Toronto and do crazy, weird, guerrilla-style filmmaking. When you say guerrilla-style,
4: do you mean more guy in a monkey suit, or there's going to be people that are randomly involved that aren't aware they're on camera?
5: It can be both. Um, we're not above it, but I think he means more like bringing a camera into an area.
6: I'd like to incorporate both on a regular basis. So so to be clear, there are or
2: are not gorillas? Yes.
6: I
5: I think monkeys are (laughs) (laughs) probably- Yes, it wasn't (laughs) a yes
6: or
2: no question.
0: I
5: think monkeys are probably the funniest thing. Like I watch them on YouTube all the time, so I would want to incorporate monkeys, but it's once again that thing where if, like we're gonna try to get access to it, that's the whole point of the show is like, We want to try to get access to things that we might not necessarily have access to, but we're going to try anyway.
6: And really, I think the essence of what would make the show exciting to viewers is it's kind of like stand in line for a place you know you're probably not going to get into. Uh, Your friend who's completely wasted, they're sure as hell not going to get into it. And all you know is you're going to try to do your best to get in there. You don't know what's going to happen. And if you do get in there, well then, huge success. That's great. You have a tight grip on that mic. I do. I'm <laughs> okay. trying to pass around a bit more.
5: Men, am I right?
6: Wow. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was, that like was good. That. Um, yeah, so I'll jump into a few of the, or I'll let Sam jump into a few of the episode examples because... How gracious of you. That's, that's yeah. that we're learning here. This is good. Um, yeah, take it away
5: episode examples may include for for one i mean to kick things off um they want to establish themselves they need to build a following and stuff um and a free way to do that is a garden party a very fancy garden party at trinity bellwoods um what else
6: Important to note, they will not be paying for any sort of alcohol permits. They're just going to be bringing this stuff in. They don't care, or they don't even know, again, what it is that is required to throw a party in Trinity Bellwoods. And you're so you're willing to kind of risk uh, arrest. 100%. I think that's what's exciting about shows like Nathan For You and Nirvana The Band. And Are
4: you worried about this being too derivative? I'm not one to talk, by the way, but are you worried about this being too derivative of other programs?
5: I mean, obviously, it's inspi- I think the style is inspired by these other shows, but I think the plot and everything is completely different. I don't know.
6: What we're trying to do, like I sort of mentioned before, but I'll come back to it, is in the home they live in together, um, if I may reference the pod, I kind of imagine it like the clubhouse that the Champagne Boys were thinking of going in on, that kind of deal. They would live in a place like that. Um,
5: a bachelor.
6: Bachelor with one girl. Um, yeah. So we see scenes of them, their lives them planning stuff there and then that would be mixed with the gorilla style in the real world primate style primate style in the real world shit's going to go <laughs> wrong or shit might go right i think the only thing left to say is basically and i've kind of touched on it a bit before but the oh you're welcome the uh <laughs> oh, it, wasn't um, it wasn't thank you, oh, you i know see. not yet ah. um i was going to say the the show is aimed at obviously the 18 to 35 demographic um, do you want to talk about about the shows? It's kind of...
5: About the, the 18 to 35 demographic? Yeah,
6: mm-hmm. you know a lot about it.
5: Well, we've mentioned some... Yeah, this um, is kind
6: we, of a filler portion. This yeah, is yeah, the filler.
5: Yeah. I mean, you know. Okay. We've well, we
2: we mentioned them. Yeah.
4: I think we get the gist. Let's get to it, yeah.
2: Uh, thanks for coming in and doing it. I'm curious, have any of your projects been successful to this point? What would you consider successful? Uh, not unsuccessful. Uh, okay. if, if I'm... If we're looking to be involved in a project, what's your success rate, you know, in your previous project? How do you measure success?
5: I think we've all had we all work in the industry we've all had success helping other people be successful and we've learned from that and now we're like let's do our own thing
4: but here's one of my concerns you have six people in the troupe yes only two showed up today (laughs) to do a show like this you're gonna need people to show up on time potentially a reshoot at some arbitrary random time if they can't be trusted for this huge opportunity to appear on this podcast how can they be trusted to be even in the web series I agree. Let's just
6: tear them apart right now. All the people. It's a legitimate question, though. No, it's 100% legitimate question. Um, It it does come down to this balance of right now, all of us in the troupe are are working on big productions. And honestly, the reason I reached out to Shane was I kind of, when I listened to the podcast, avidly, felt like a bit of a kinship because I feel Mm -hmm. like we're both very jokey people. We don't like to take ourselves overly seriously. And sometimes that leads to people not taking you seriously when you want to be taken seriously. So I've had that problem. So basically, we were trying to make this web series. And um, we needed a producer who had connections, who was interested in this kind of uh, genre and this kind of style of comedy. I felt Shane was perfect for that. Let's see what happens. And if I can get them, it'll be a big accomplishment that honestly uh, makes uh, the group kind of take me more seriously and also makes the world take the project more seriously. Okay, I'm gonna try to like I'll give my like
2: sort of recommendation. Yeah, I guess based on the pitch, I would have liked to have seen a pilot of some sort. I don't know how TV pitches work, but like I've been looking at the same sort of animated gifs <laughs> or gifs for a little while. So I think just like an example of what that could look like. I think from a uh, a premise perspective, I think you might have more luck if you if you have budget to actually make sure that they can get access to these things and then see what happens. I think. Like, somebody walking into a hotel and trying to get a hotel room without money is nothing will happen, I think. So I think as part of the premise, I would like to see that. But what I would say is it seems very interesting to me. Uh, I get why it would be funny. Uh, I like the hell out of both of you. And then I think ultimately, I cannot help you in this project whatsoever. I'm of no use uh, at all. I don't do anything like this. And for that reason, I'm out. Perfect.
4: Uh, But what I would say is that you can almost help these people the most because you're our most connected friend in the sense that they mentioned literally Share Club in their pitch. Mm-hmm. You can let them into Share Club and just kind of. Well, I think they shoot. need a producer
2: that's able to pull all the strings, right? So, as a mm-hmm. producer, you could call me and say, hey, not can you help
4: mm-hmm. them do something? Okay, let me just, I guess, ask some producing questions.
6: What would you expect from me as a producer? You actually, that, that back and forth just kind of summed it up pretty well. You
0: just started producing for them in You, you
6: them. really
4: did. With this pitch, uh, when I was just thinking of problems you're going to run into, because I've done this sort of filming people when they don't know they're being filming, kind of trying to prank with people, they always notice the camera. Nathan Fielder always gets away with it because he lets the people know right off the get. I'm part of a documentary crew, I'm shooting this for that. The gorilla element, I feel like, is where you're going to kind of falter and you're gonna have to rely more on the scripted stuff, which unfortunately for me, my favorite brand of comedy is the part where you're fucking with real people. It's the only thing that really makes me laugh is cringe-worthy stuff these days for some reason. That's my only aversion to this project. Right. So are you producing for them now, or what do, you do? what's your situation? What's well, he, he, I need to see something to really believe in it. So for me, I would say, come back to me when you've shot some semblance of what you're happy with. And I want to see you, you guys say, this is what I find funny. And this is exactly in the pocket where we'd like it to be. And if I agree, I'll come on and help you guys the best I can and try to produce it. As is, I can't really tell.
6: No, that's totally fair. Yeah. That totally makes sense.
4: So for that reason. And so for that reason, I'm going to pass it over to Mike and see what he says. I have all the same
0: <laughs> I have all the same concerns that everybody does. I think you need like a proof of concept in a lot of ways because even for something like this podcast that we do. You know, we recorded three full episodes where we, like, used Max to reach out for favors, Lights, Menno from Colorado, his wife Annie from Schitt's Creek. We did those interviews. They didn't know who I was. And we basically kind of hustled and wrangled. We got three full episodes, three hours of content that we presented in the initial pitch. And so then they could decide we want to move forward. If we had just tried to explain, oh, we want to do this thing where we're going to talk about what goes on in our lives in the start. And then Mike's going to sit down with a celebrity and talk for a long-form interview. And then Shane's going to come on and do this thing called The dessert. People will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, here's something, listen to it, and then decide if you want to proceed. So I think that's your first hurdle. Secondly, um, this kind of shooting that you're talking about, and like obviously, you guys, you know, you went to school and you've worked in comedy and stuff like that already, trying to make things. I'm sure you've done a bunch of skits. Even these, you know, GIFs that you have up right now, these look like they've come either from something you shot. Like,
6: is this just, where did you make these? (laughs) These are literally, you know, the live photo feature on an iPhone yeah. that's yes. literally that turned into GIFs which is why because
0: it's your four characters you you're, right. you're, you're just yeah. pose for like a, a st- like sort of like and then
6: you have to send them to yourself through like Facebook Messenger and exactly. then like create a video Yeah. yeah and I've then put them into a collage that's why they're to, horrible quality that's why they're horrible yeah. quality and it's trying to also sum up like he's the foodie he's the travel guy hence the air miles the wine she's passed out with the bottle yeah but, but not knowing you it doesn't look
2: ironic it just looks like from a tech perspective it's not that's true great that's true.
0: yeah i just don't know i think it's really hard to pull off and if you can do it i'm like whenever i see something like nirvana the band i marvel at it and i think those guys probably had a ton of practice and a ton of failure and you just need extreme commitment i think shane mentioned this earlier you guys have six people in your troop it's like i was in a band with five people and it's like we were all on the same page and things are going to get tough and like you're going to try to shoot your pilot and it's you're going to be like ah oh, fuck this doesn't work or we got shut down here and We've, we put in a whole five days and we've got like five minutes of usable footage. This is a disaster. It's like, does everybody stay together and all that? You kind of need to go through the fire before I think people will go, oh, these six are worth investing in. for that reason, I'm
4: out. Well said, Mike. Yeah, so obviously we're all out, but I hope you guys do do this. And I wouldn't waste an opportunity when you're just at that green level. Like, I I wouldn't just go to somebody who you deem, like, successful be like, produce this until you've been through the fire that Mike's talking about enough where you're actually confident in your product. And always come with a product that you're proud of. Like, you sent me the recess thing merely because you didn't have anything else. Because at least with nothing, I can – it's like – uh, what's that expression about? It's better to be thought of a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Right? Mm-hmm. It's better someone thinks you might be bad than show them something that certainly isn't up to par with wh- what your standards are. Anyway, thank you very much for Thanks showing for up. Us. Yeah, and thank I- you. Thank you.
0: And I'm excited to see whatever you do. I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited because honestly, like you guys do seem funny. And Sam, like you've already made me laugh like three times just in like sort of your delivery and stuff like that. And I know Josh, Josh a bit of a bore. Well,
5: he's pitching. <laughs> yeah.
0: no, he's pitching. I, I get it. It's hard. Josh
5: just talks too much, and we've talked about he's wordy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm wordy. Yeah. So hold on, you guys got to get something out of this. Can you can you plug the troop or something? Like yeah, how do we how, how do, how do, how, how, do we, how do we
0: how do we promote you? And by the way, it takes a lot of you know sort of gumption to even come on something like this and let people judge your shit you know, because
2: I, I can't believe you got in here i mean to be 24 and to be in much music is mm. fucking hard and uh I well
4: it just goes to show that i will
6: literally say yes to anything if someone dms me <laughs> well that's uh, that was kind of the assumption yeah i was riding on right and then it was like let's see because uh, honestly when i plug your troop you i gotta a plug Miranda, troop, I, I, your instagram yeah. plug anything I, I gotta get out of here so may please. i
5: plug my personal instagram of course plug it. my instagram is samantha weiss that's w y s s it's swiss that's it
0: Cool. It's a good plug, Josh. What do you got to plug?
5: Um,
6: my band would be the best. <laughs> thing there you to go. plug. Hold on, hold on. on. You're, you're in here
2: plugging a comedy troupe. <laughs> There's nothing troop. to you're comedy. on A personal website or no? A per- I
5: post a lot about my comedies. I have an improv team and everything, there so you that's go. that's why I'm plugging. Already out. not
2: showing a lot of togetherness with the troupe. We got yeah. a band plug and what a personal the? Instagram. Well, plug. I guess
6: what I should be plugging is we're going to go ahead. We're going to shoot a pilot for this. We're going to make this happen. And plug in Gentleman of Taste because we will make something of this. That is the goal.
4: So, t- if you're listening to this and it's past the date of August 23rd, 2018, Google Gentleman of Taste and you may see something.
2: Bingo. Maybe don't Google it at work. I feel like Gentleman of Taste has a, there could be
1: some yeah. real results yeah. 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 returned. Go that, just- that's
4: tasting Gentleman. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you can lick my balls. <laughs>
4: That's
0: it. That's all. That is our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Hayden Christensen for sitting down and, and hanging out. Um, I'm sorry that off the top we didn't have Shane. I'm sorry in the back end we didn't have Max. Uh, I like it best when all three of us are together. So next week we will make that happen. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Mike on Much. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found. Thank you to everybody that listens every week. It really means the world. The Mike on Much podcast is produced by Max Kerman and I am your host Mike Veerman. Thank you so much. No, that's not what I say. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend.